0: Coming to you from the Woodland Baptist Ministry Center, home of the Woodland Baptist Church, on the 29th of September, 2022. A prayer for you. People are different. You notice that? My mom and my dad didn't mind, these years passed, didn't mind going out for a drive but how they approached it was completely different they used to live down in brookings and and then drive up to see us here in woodland and here's my dad what is the shortest quickest route pedal to the metal and let's get there my mom goes rabbit Where does this road go? We've never gone down this road. Maybe we can take that road and go and... So people are different. I don't know if you've ever gone out for a walk. Some people are power walkers. I mean, when they walk, it's with the intent of getting there and getting it done. If you uh, are not physically fit, you don't want to go on a hike with a power walker. Come on, catch up! But some of you are slower than that. Some of you like to take in the sights. You don't mind pausing. There might be something interesting right here by the side of the path. I don't think I've ever seen that weed before. No. So we all walk in different kinds of walks. And you know, the Lord knows us all. Knows just exactly what kind of person we are. And even how we like to walk. And you go, Pastor, where in the world are you going with this? I'd like for you to turn back to Colossians, the first chapter. Colossians is a book, an epistle written by the Apostle Paul, written to the church at Colossae, hence Colossians. He's writing to believers. He's writing to people who have come to faith in Christ. And he's writing to teach them, to encourage them, to help them in their Christian life. And Tom read this portion that we're going to be looking at. He says, we thank God, verse 3. And the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. In other words, he's saying, I'm writing to you because I heard something about you. I heard that you are followers of Jesus, that, that you know him, you put your trust and hope and faith in him. And he says, I am writing to you. And he says, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed the whole world is bearing fruit and increasing as it does among you since the day that you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth. Just as you learn from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he's a faithful minister on your behalf, made known to you, love in the spirit. In other words, he says... I've come to know you and you were in the process of knowing me. But he says, I want to pray for you. Have you ever just stopped somebody and said, Hey, could I pray for you? Can I can I spend a little Do you have any needs I could pray for you? Well, sometimes we we know what a person has by way of a need, sometimes we don't. And Paul then is going to address the whole church. And of course, you got a whole group of people with all sorts of needs, but he's going to lift up this prayer. And I thought seeing as how we've been talking about our walk with the Lord and our growth in the Lord, that we deal with probably one of my favorite prayers that Paul offers up. And it's here to the church at Colossae. And, uh, By spending a little bit of time, we can see what Paul has to say. He says, from the day that we heard these things about you, he says, we have not ceased to pray for you, verse nine, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. So Paul is going to make this request and he's going to have one main theme. He says, my prayer is that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will, that you might know completely what he is about, and what he wants for you. And he talks about this by describing it in two ways, with all in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Spiritual wisdom is that practical application, how to take the word of God so it actually applies to the areas and the issues of your life. He says, my prayer is that You would know more and more about God so that you would know how to address the issues of your life in very practical ways, how to put those things together, and spiritual understanding that you would comprehend where he's going and what he's about. I've had instructors when I was going to seminary, and you go, What's this class about? You know, they give you an assignment and you go into class and they usually have a syllabus and everything, and You go, can we just stop before we get too far into the class? What is this class about? Where are we going with this? What are we trying to find out? And Paul is saying, my prayer is that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will so that you would know what he's up to And how to take what he gives you and live in this world in a practical way. And he says, why do I want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will? And he tells us, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. For the purpose of a worthy walk with the Lord. A worthy walk. You say, well, what is a worthy walk? What do we mean by, by a worthy walk? It is a walk that's befitting the Lord. It seems like dress codes have gone out the window anymore. You know, you Hardly anyone wears formal attire, and there's not even a whole lot of people with a tie on Sunday morning. I'm not saying you've done anything wrong, don't get me wrong here. But you know, as a pastor, I've done weddings, and you see people come to a wedding, and you go, This is a festive occasion. This is a time to dress up and have a celebration. And you watched some people come in. (laughs) And they got t-shirts with all sorts of things that I sometimes wouldn't even want to be seen in public, much less at a service like that. Their pants are shredded, you know, I don't know if they fell into a shredder and couldn't quite get out in time. And you go... You don't have one pair of pants without holes. You don't have a nice shirt that you could wear. There you go. It's not really any of my business, but you would think there would be something appropriate for how you would dress for an occasion like that. Fortunately, I've never seen the bride and groom come like that usually they're dressed up nice anyway but what we're talking about a worthy walk here is one a walk that's befitting the person we're walking with that they might be that we might have a walk that matches the character of the person that we're walking We won't go into that too much more detail, except that Paul now then breaks it down to say, let me fill out your understanding of what a worthy walk is. What does it look like? And so he gives us uh, four participles in here talking about what a worthy walk looks like. He says... Along the way, and I just sort of pulled that phrase out to use it to match up the next four points here. Along the way, we will actively be participating in a ministry to others. Actively participating in a ministry with others. In other words, this isn't just a walk through life. Where we just go through life and we're all focused on us. This is a a walk with the Lord that's going to be worthy of his character and nature. He went about doing good. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to go about doing the same kind of thing. We're going to go about doing what is good. In fact, that's what he says. Fully pleasing to him. Bearing fruit in every good work, bearing fruit in every good work. If we go back to John 15, we went through the Upper Room Discourse a little while ago. In John 15, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So what? He wants us to do is to bear fruit. How do we bear fruit? It's by abiding in him. He says that we might be active in every good work. Well, what is work? Well, it's an activity. It's not necessarily a nine-to-five job. That's not what he's talking about. But there's some sort of activity that you're doing. The word Works means the things that we do, our actions. It is a general purpose word that describes either our employment or our deeds, our our actions, or anything else that we might do. So I looked up good works as described in scripture, and I've given you a couple of references there. First one is concerning a widow in 1 Timothy 5, and she was to have the reputation of doing good works, and there's some descriptions there. If she had brought up children, she has shown hospitality, washed the feet of, of, of saints, and basically in their culture you would show hospitality by, uh, if you didn't have a servant in the house, you would you would have a bowl, a basin, and a towel, and someone come in off the dusty road, they would kick off their sandals, and you would help clean their feet so that they uh, would feel at home in your home. Has cared for the afflicted, has devoted herself to every good work there. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, he is describing those that are serving in the church he says they need to be generous and ready to share. And therefore, setting up, storing up treasures for themselves, a good foundation for the future. In Titus chapter 3 and verse 14, he said, Let our people uh, learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. And we come all the way back around. To that idea of being linked as a branch connected to the vine that we produce fruit Spurgeon said these words fruitful in every good work here is a room and a range enough in every good work have you the ability to preach the gospel? Preach it Does the little child need comforting? Comfort it. Can you stand up and vindicate a glorious truth before thousands? Do it. Does a poor saint need a bit of dinner before your table? Send it. Let works of obedience and testimony and zeal and charity and piety and philanthropy all be found in your life. Do not select big things as your spiritual line. But glorify the Lord also in the littles, I love that, fruitful in every good work. So Paul's prayer for the church there at Colossae is they might be walk a worthy walk that matches the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what kind of thing that Jesus did. But there's some other points too. It says along the way we'll be actively participating in the ministry to others. And that is captured in the idea of bearing fruit in every good word. The second one is along the way we will be given further insight into the character and the nature of our God. As we're along the walk, we're going to find out something about him. Something that we didn't know before. We will know interests and and what they what they like and what they don't like. And in this particular case, we'll get to know the character and the nature of our God. You ever spent time with a person? The more time you spend with them, if they're actually engaged in conversation and time together, you're going to get to know that person. They're going to get to know you. Apostle Paul says, I want you to walk a worthy walk. And part of that worthy walk is as you're going about your life on this walk of faith, you're going to be finding out more and more about the Lord. That's my prayer for you. Because as you know more and more and more about him, that's going to have a transforming work in your life as well. Interestingly, this verb, unlike the previous one, actively bearing fruit, this one is passive. In other words, our mere presence with the Lord and spending time on this walk of faith is where he inputs into our lives, passively, in the sense that he does this to us. Listen to what um, Paul says to the church at Colossae a little little bit later on in this epistle. He says, for I want you to know, chapter two, verses one through three, he says, I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and those at Laodicea, another town, for all who have not seen me face to face. In other words, I'm writing to you because we never really met face to face. And so that's sort of, a tough thing to, for me, not because I don't want to see you face to face. I just haven't had that opportunity. And I realize it's hard if I'm writing to you, if I'm a stranger, you don't really know me, but I'm, I'm trying to communicate those things that I would communicate if I was face to face with you. He says that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the riches of the assurance, full assurance of understanding And knowledge of God's mystery which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge he said I want you to be filled with wisdom and knowledge guess where you're gonna find it in Jesus in Jesus there's great value I believe in going through the Gospels because we get to see him at work His disciples walked with him, but we have a record of him walking with them, and we get to look over their shoulder and get a glimpse of who he is. So along the way, we will be given further insight into the character and nature of our God. And that's captured in the phrase in this prayer, increasing in the knowledge of God. There's a third element of a worthy walk. Along the way, we will be given resources to face any trouble we encounter. We will be given resources to face any trouble we encounter. All of us, if we had a vote, would say, from this point forward, may it be smooth sailing. All in favor, say amen. Amen. Okay, it's not going to happen, sorry. (laughs) What is good in this worthy walk is that the Lord says, I know where this is going and I will give you the resources that you need. It's captured in the phrase, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. It's interesting. Paul, in in writing this, you can't see it in our English because it doesn't come across that way, but it says being strengthened is a verb that where we get the word in our English language, dynamite. Okay? All-powerful. The word dynamite was given to that thing which we call dynamite because when it was developed, they needed to say something that had great power. And so it says being strengthened with all power that you might be empowered with, like dynamited by dynamite. <laughs> and he uses the same word over. In our English, it comes across. Not quite as strong that way. It goes being strengthened with all power because that makes for a smoother translation. But it means, may you be empowered with power. May you be, may you be dynamoed by dynamite. (laughs) I don't know. Like I say, it's hard to translate. But I think you get the point. And then it says, according to his glorious might. And you go, oh, wow, we've got strengthened and power and might. But the third word is different. It talks about the same sort of thing, because we're talking all about being empowered to do you something. But this is a word that puts the emphasis more on Domain. His glorious might. Years ago, and maybe some of you might remember this guy, Michael Jordan. You remember Michael Jordan? Some of you go, I don't have a clue who that is. Chicago Bulls, basketball player, Air Jordans were named after him. Okay, this guy was a whiz at basketball. Could shoot the lights out. Could could dunk from the free throw line. I saw him do it more than once. Just run, take off. He was a whiz. He played for years with the Chicago Bulls in the basketball court was his domain he ruled and reigned in the basketball court after that he retired he decided he was going to take up another sport so he signed up for baseball he went to play baseball michael who (laughs) does anybody know the earn run average of of Michael Jordan, the baseball player? If you did, tell me, because I have no clue. That was not his forte. That was not his area of expertise. That was not his arena. So he went back to basketball. (laughs) That's where he ruled and reigned. And the word that is used here is he says that God will strengthen us and again, this verb is in the passive form. This is what he does for us. He empowers us with his power from his domain, where he really operates. This is where God operates. And we have the power to do, uh, face the things that we're going to face. He talks about three words. He says, for all endurance with patience and patience with joy. I love these words. We talked about them before, but he's got them right here in the prayer. The word endurance means the ability to stay under. Hupomeno, to remain under. That's when you're challenged by the life's events and you're feeling the pressure and and you have the ability to make it through even under those terrible circumstances. He says, you need his power coming from his arena in order to face those situations when life gets on top of you and weighs you down. He says, but there's another kind of thing that we face. Well, you may not have faced it, but he talks about it anyway. And that is when you have to put up with other people. Okay, I see that I'm the only one like that. All right. This is the word patience in the text. And it has to do with the idea of forbearance, putting up and dealing with not a problem that comes and weights you down, but an interpersonal relationship that is not what you, one you would hunt for and seek out. But because you're related some way, either on the job or a family member or whatever, that God gives you the ability to deal with this person. We talk about sometimes uh, forbearance and patience. The word is macrothemia. And it has the idea not of, well, you're just going to have to bear up. You got these people to deal with, and you just got to put up with them sometimes and suck it up and take it. No. That isn't the force of this word. The force of this word is. You care enough about this person that you're going to not be dissuaded by their rebuffs and you're going to passionately desire to see something good in their life. And to the best of your ability, you're not going to be a stumbling block to them. You are going to be an advocate for them. So we come back to why do we need strengthening from God? Well, if you haven't figured it out yet, (laughs) we need the strength of God to bear up under the burdens of life. We need the strength of God to deal with individuals who rub us wrong, but we desire the best for them. And then he says, for all endurance and patience with joy. With joy? James says, count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into various trials. With joy? When we were looking at that concept of joy as opposed to happiness, happiness has fled away in the midst of trials. Joy takes our focus off the trials to Jesus what is our joy our joy is that he promises never to leave us nor forsake us in the midst of these things he is the one who continues to come to our life and keep giving us blessing after blessing after blessing even when we don't see it right off. Now I'm going to apologize to the Sunday school group because I gave this illustration in Sunday school, but I'm going, to, I'm going to share it. We don't always see what God is up to, do we? I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but here it goes anyway. My wife, Diane, is facing knee surgery coming up on October 4th. She goes... She's back there mouthing the words. I'm going to get him when he gets home. No. (laughs) Anyway. So that's a long process to get lined up to do elective surgery. Well, not too long ago, she comes in and she's all upset because she's lost a crown off one of her teeth. Now she's got to deal with that crown and that... Crown is the anchor point for one of her partials. And so now she doesn't have a place for that partial to anchor, and so she's been enjoying yogurt, overly ripe bananas, smoothies, and all those kind of things. We finally got an appointment to see the dentist. We're hoping that the crown could be replaced, the partial could go back in, everything would be good, we could proceed with surgery. She goes to see the dentist. I get a phone call. Can you come here to the dentist office? Uh, The tooth is infected. I don't know if you know much about how they operate when they do surgery. If you have an infection, surgery is usually canceled. Because they don't want your body fighting an infection when it wants to take all of its focus to heal the injury that's caused by the surgeon when he does the operation. So she's sitting last Tuesday, with news that there's an infection. They give us a couple options. Well, we can go in and have a root canal put put in and then a new crown put on it and then we'd have to make a new appliance and, and all those things could be done. And I'm, I'm sitting there listening to this because I had a tooth that went bad it had a filling, then it had a root canal, and then it had a crown. Then I we went to the dentist the last time, and the dentist says, that tooth has got to come out. I said, so our option for you is to do all this stuff, and then you still may have to have the tooth pulled. What we just do with the tooth being pulled? And they said, well, We've got an uh, oral surgeon we can refer you to, okay? So they called up and they said, this was Tuesday. They said, we can get you in to see the, the oral surgeon on Wednesday, okay. Get in, and I'm thinking, in fact, I told her as we're driving down there, this is the same surgery group that I went to about a month ago and they scheduled my tooth removal for mid-December and you're going to go in today be forewarned you may (laughs) and they may not be able to do anything for quite a while and we may have to cancel surgery and reschedule them We went in she went into the office i'm sitting in the waiting room gal comes out to me and she goes if you got some things to do for a little while we're going to take that tooth right now what so on wednesday after discovering she had the bad tooth on tuesday on wednesday she had the tooth repair. She's on antibiotics. The Lord willing, the infection will be all taken care of in time for the surgery. You say, oh, okay, Pastor, so you've shared a little bit from your life. I said, what's the point? The point is this. We saw that tooth <coughs> uh, Coming off as something bad. What it turned out to be was a blessing because if she hadn't lost that crown we would never have known about the infection and the complications the surgery could have been immense. But because the crown was came off the tooth was discovered to be infected it was pulled antibiotics are taken And the Lord was watching out for us, even when we thought he was giving us grief. Does the Lord do stuff like that in your life? Yeah. We come to the last point of this prayer. He says, To walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. One increasing in the knowledge of God, two, three, may be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance with joy. And then number four, along the way, we will become more and more thankful. As we see God and we see him at work and we see how how he operates and what he does and that he cares for us, he says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. The word qualified is an interesting one. Has anybody ever attended the Olympics? Any of the Olympics? Yes. Yeah, they go. How many have ever participated in the Olympics? Yeah. You know, in most cases, you can't just go to the Olympics and say, hey, I think I'll take a shot at that. (laughs) That looks like something I could do. Ice skating? Sure. Not on your life. But anyway, the word qualified means that you have to meet some sort of criteria. In order to participate in, in the Olympics, you have to be good enough in your sport that your team selects you out of a whole group of people and you are qualified to go to the Olympics. Sometimes it's a matter of a, some sort of restrictive setting. You can't get into this venue unless somebody else lets you in. Years ago, we had a flood here in Woodland, and President Clinton came to town. Okay? And while he was here, he decided. He was going to meet with the leaders of the town. But some of those leaders in the town said, you can come, you can't come. You can come, you can't come. And the leaders then decided who would be there, who wouldn't be there. You had to be qualified to get in. You had to pass inspection. You had to meet a standard of some sort. He says, we're going to give thanks to the Father who has, are you ready for this, qualified us to share in the inheritance of light." How do we get to enjoy this walk with the Lord? It's because he says, Oh, by the way, you're in. It goes on, he says, because he had delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We've been delivered. The word is rescued. We've been transferred from light to dark. I mean, from dark to light to the kingdom of his son. We have been redeemed, purchased from the slave market of sin. And we have forgiveness of sins. So along the way, as we experience this life, we will become more and more. Paul prays this for the church. He prays that you experience this worthy walk. That you experience all this richness that God has for us. All the power to face the struggles that we're going to face. All all the riches that he gives to us to promote thankfulness in us. All these things. And allows us to share with him in ministry to others. I'm reminded of a Charlie Brown cartoon. Charlie Brown was laying on the hillside with some of his friends, and they're looking up at the clouds. Someone turns to Linus and says, Linus, what do you see? Linus says, right over there that set of clouds. I see Daniel in the lion's den. Well the lions all around him, but Daniel at peace. Wow. You see anything else? Yeah, over there I see, I see Jesus walking on the water during a time of storms and coming to the boat and then saying, Peace, be still. Oh, wow. Charlie Brown, what do you see? Oh, no. No, really, what do you see, Charlie Brown? He goes, I was going to say a doggy and a horsey and light what light us off mm-hmm. Lord wants to see us to see the richness of who he is let's pray Our heavenly father what a prayer of Paul for the church of Colossae, and by application to us as well that we might walk this worthy walk, and experience these same things in our lives. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.